0: Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash other people.
1: Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I am so excited for today's episode. Um... Uh, Some of you, most of you, nobody really knows this, but maybe I've talked about it once or twice. When I was younger, I really wanted to be a songwriter and a singer. And I'm tone deaf, so that obviously didn't work out. But I have multiple like songwriting books and poetry books and like blogs out there that are super secret and private. So don't go looking because you're not going to find them. But they are filled with songs that I wrote in like elementary school, middle school, high school I have a whole like website about this one boy when I was in like seventh grade that I wrote. Um, and yeah, I basically, for years, I would put all of my emotions, all of my feelings and all that into these songs that like, first of all, I'm literally tone deaf. So nobody was ever going to hear them. But at the time I thought that like I could sing, which I could not. Um, though my parents like to think that I could, but yeah, so, That combined with the fact that I used to work in music and I've always like music has been such a big part of my life. And I've always been so fascinated by the whole songwriting and production process. I've been really dying to have uh, a singer songwriter artist on this podcast. And I really wanted to dig into how songs get made based on people's life experiences and the things that happen because... Every song comes from a person who wrote it, who has experienced something and felt something and was able to turn that into lyrics, into something, this piece of art for the world to hear. And I think that is one of the most incredible things in the world because then we listen to it and we feel so connected to it. We've felt, we've all heard songs before. We're like, oh my God, this person was in my brain. Like, how did this person know exactly what I'm feeling right now? This song is exactly what I needed to hear or like, we'll hear a song and we'll send it to a friend because we know that it's going to connect with that friend because it's something they're currently going through or something they've experienced. And I just think the world of music is so incredible and one of a kind and something that is just so beautiful. And I've really wanted to talk to somebody about the process of them turning their experiences into songs. So today I'm bringing on the absolutely incredibly talented, singer songwriter artist Gail she is 17 years old she's based in Nashville she just had a song called ABCDEFU come out and she is amazing first of all and I tell her this when we record but like the fact that she's 17 no she's not there's no way I don't believe it Um, but she has had so many experiences that are of course personal to her but we could all kind of relate to and she's been able to turn those into incredible pieces of art in the form of music and I am so excited for everyone to hear this. So first and foremost before I get into the episode I'm not kidding like I I want you to pick up your phone or on your computer go to Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to music, go to YouTube, whatever and search Gale that's G A Y L E and go listen to the song A-B-C-D-E-F-U, spelled exactly like those letters. And then you can come back to this. I'm going to wait. If you haven't done it yet, please do. I promise you will not regret it. Okay, holy shit. If you just listen to it, you know why I'm saying holy shit. Like, whoa. All right. Now that we've all listened, now that we're all on the same page, I am going to bring Gail in. Let's do it. All right, and we have Gail in the house coming in to seeing other people straight from Nashville. Gail, welcome to seeing other people.
2: Hi, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I am so
1: excited to have you here. Ever since I heard you were coming on, I'm like, hell yes, and I've also been listening to ABCDEFU on repeat, so (laughs) super pumped. Why don't you introduce yourself and who you are to the listeners?
2: Yes, my name is Gail. I'm a 17-year-old artist based in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm a songwriter and I write my own music and I write for other artists too. And um, I just came out with a song um, on August 13th called ABCDEFU. And yeah, that that is me.
1: (laughs) And it's incredible. And the first thing that I will say, and this is what I said to Zach too, is like, you listen to that song and then you find out that you're 17 and it's like, what the hell? How? (laughs) how like I you seem more mature than like I'm 27 and you seem more mature than most people my age (laughs) especially like emotionally mature (laughs) thank you so which like makes me a little frightened for like the things you've had to deal with when it comes to like dating and relationships but also is really impressive and like just applaud yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really am excited to have a conversation about kind of how our dating experiences and and relationships, ups and downs kind of fits into music. Because as we all know, like the majority of songs out there are based on like love and, and romance mm-hmm. and dating and heartbreak and loneliness and all of these things that we go through which is why they're so relatable and when I heard ABCDEFU for the first time I was like oh my god like I felt all of these things and that's definitely something where like I want to kind of get into it and break it down but I think one thing that really would be like a great place to start is kind of like your writing process so background for you and for those listening who don't know is I actually started out working in the music business and the reason was because I felt so connected to so many artists because of the things that they were able to like put into their lyrics and their songs. And so it's always been really fascinating for me that people can turn those emotions like into art that other people can connect with. So in terms of this specific single and and other work that you do, how do you kind of take your experiences and and things that you've heard of and and transform it into this?
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was... For me, the way ABC kind of came out, it also came out in, like in a very extreme way. Um, I think a lot of it was because I was bottling up my feelings. You know, I was in a relationship and I was, and we broke up and I felt guilty. I'm the type of person where like, if I break up with somebody, I instantly regret it. I'm like, why did I do that? I want, I want to take it back. I want to take it back. But it, like, you can't break up with somebody and like take it back. And if you do, then like you kind of regret it. And then it's just like this like big cluster. Um, and so it was kind of one of those things where we broke up, and I felt really guilty for waking up with him, and I kind of regretted it um, because he was he was literally like one of my best friends at the time, and um, and then I I was trying really really hard to be his friend, like I was trying to be like the amicable amicable ex girlfriend, like he literally. We had, like, a friend group, mutual friend group, and, like, he started dating somebody kind of pretty soon after we broke up, which wasn't I wasn't too hurt by, but I was, like, calling him, like, asking, like, yo, like, how's your life? Hey, bud. Like, how's the girl? How's the girlfriend? Like, I was actually genuinely trying to, like, be his friend, like, try and be a nice person. And because of that, a lot of things in the past in our relationship, I that definitely could have pissed me off I wasn't letting like I was just bottling it up or I was kind of just blocking it out and even things after the breakup like I anything that he would do that had the possibility of pissing me off I would just shut off like I would just not mm. let myself feel it and like even my best friends like come on like we uh, we write a lot of our songs together and like I was writing these super like self-deprecating songs like I'm the worst I ruined everything like I'm a horrible person and then um we had a mutual friend and basically this mutual friend was like, oh no, he's talking mad shit about you. Wow. Like, I was like, what? Like he was basically talking about how I wasn't over him. How I wanted to be with him, how I was jealous of his relationships and, um, just not in like calling me a child, like just specific things where it was just like, okay. Um, I was trying to, and I was kind of mad that I didn't let myself be mad, you know? I was like, I had to right. wait until somebody was talking shit to be pissed off. Like, no, yeah. I should just let myself be pissed off. And so then I kind of went to this writer's room with my best friend, Sarah Davis, who's a co-writer of mine that I, write, I work with a lot. Um, and I was like, it's time. It's huh. time. And I just started thinking about it because I always tried so hard to get his family to like me. They never really, they didn't want to like me. Um, and so when I... You know, because they had the ex that they really liked. So when I kind of came in, they weren't necessarily. And I tried so hard to get mm-hmm. them to like me that I didn't even realize that, like, I didn't like them. Like, they were for yeah. You know, and I was like, I was in the session and I was like, fuck, I hate his mom and I hate his sister. <laughs> like, his car, he bought a Craigslist car that only worked for literally two weeks. Like, maybe even that. Like, oh he bought God. it for like $800 and it broke down and he couldn't even drive it. And, like, it was just one of those things where I was like, fuck, in his car? And he had this job that he thought he was, like, the shit for having that I, like, tried so hard to be, like, s- supportive with. And, like, I was just like, fuck, I, like, hate all of this. And I, ha- I didn't even know it, you know? Yeah. And so then ABCDEFU was born.
1: I mean, I love that story, first of all. But second of all, like, there are so many different pieces of that that are so relatable in, like, the worst way because – First of all, like you tried to take the high road. You tried to be like you, you were in a friend group. So you tried to keep that normal. You tried to stay friends and you also like regretted breaking up with him and and you felt bad and you felt guilty. And you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach my hands out and see if we can keep this friendship alive, even if the relationship isn't. And then like, you kind of put aside your feelings to do that. And then to like have things turn around and hear that this is how he was talking about you behind your back when you were trying to like, do the most to be yeah. a good person and and kind of keep the peace. Like, that's, that's really tough. And that's, I mean, that's just got to be like a knife in the back. But I'm when it comes to like the whole pouring all of these things into the song and, and releasing the song, like, were you nervous about the fact that like you knew he was going to hear it and his family was going to hear it. And what was that like? Cause that's kind of like, it's almost like these are like your inner thoughts. These are your inner feelings. And, and most people don't end up hearing the, those true deep down things, but you were putting it all out on the table for them.
2: Yeah. It's honestly kind of funny because I never told him that I found out he was talking shit about me. I actually stopped talking to him out of nowhere. Like we would call once a month, and I stopped returning his texts, his calls, all that. I just kind of like, yeah, pulled the plug on communication. And funny enough, the girl that he dated that I hate, we're actually like friends now. Like, we actually like, like, she's my girl. Like, she's literally she's from Texas, and she's literally stayed at my house in oh my Nashville. I assume like, they're
1: not dating anymore.
2: Not anymore. That lasted <laughs> literally lasted like two days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but and I think one thing that pissed me off too was all of the shit he did with me, he did with her.
0: And oh I was like, supposed
2: to be better. Like you're yeah. supposed to be like the lesson was supposed to be learned, you know, yep. but but it wasn't and that but I think, you know, like I, I never got a confirmation if he's heard it or not. I don't even know if he like still checks up on me. Um mm-hmm. but, you know, honestly, like I it you know, he he did a lot of shit and yeah. I I'm okay with the fact that he's hearing it. Obviously, like, I don't want him. I don't wish him, like, the worst. I just, uh, specifically in one point, I really, really, really was like, fuck you, fuck your mom, fuck your sister. It came on a very intense way, and I'm really happy that I was able yeah. to capture that moment of time how I'm feeling. But I, I feel less that way towards him now, you know. Like, I wish mm-hmm. him the best. I want him to have a good life, just not with me in it, you know. I'll watch Far, 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 far away from him, yeah, <laughs> you know? but honestly, I hope his mom hears it. I hope his dad hears it. I hope they know exactly how I feel
1: <laughs> well it's also <laughs> like you were trying so hard to make them like you and to to be nice, and like they just made these judgments, whatever they were about you because you were somebody else besides the person they liked, and like that's something that like hopefully they do hear it and think about that and think about the fact that like here was this girl who was just trying to like be with our son and enjoy us. And this is how we made her feel like that's not, that's not okay. And I know we recently put out an episode where a girl's like really serious relationship with this guy did not work out because his parents straight up did not accept her for who she was for her ethnicity, her, Mm -hmm. like her weight, her job status, everything. And it is so crazy, like how much family involvement can impact a relationship, which is why I specifically loved like that, lot, that line of bringing everyone into it. Obviously, except for the dog.
2: Except for the dog, not the dog. The dog was adorable.
1: Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> I always hear people like after breakups being like losing the dog like was the hardest thing. Like I oh, loved was- their dog. Like yeah. Um, we're about halfway through our calm month of September, and I hope that people have found different ways to stay calm, whether it is listening to music, discovering a new artist that makes you feel something, a new song that makes you feel connected, or going and taking walks every day, or finding a workout that calms you down, yoga, meditating, whatever it may be. I hope that you are doing that, but I really hope that you've also tried to do that with the help of the Calm Gummies for Mindset Wellness CBD because they definitely helped me calm down. I know over the summer, everything was like a big frenzy. You're trying to pack in all of your weekend trips. You're trying to see people. It's tough. There's still the Delta variant out there. Work is crazy, even though some of us are still working from home and then going into the office and then not. There's just there's a lot going on. And one thing that's really helped me throughout all of this is the Mindset Wellness CBD Calm Gummies. And they also have the Calm CBD Drops. And It's, it's just a really great tool to help you not kind of be wrapped up in everything that's going on. It just helps your brain kind of calm down. Again, you don't feel high, you don't get a sense of like, oh, like I'm going to feel this like drug. It's not that. It's fully like FDA approved, legal. It does not get you high. Um, And it's just an amazing thing that's available to us. And Mindset Wellness CBD is an incredible company. And just stay calm, be calm. You have the chance to be calm. So go be calm. Mindsetwellnesscbd.com. Grab your calm gummies. You will not regret it. Have you ever written any songs where it's almost been, like, too deep or, like, the emotions from any situation were, like, too raw where you're, like, I'm writing this for me, but, like, the world is never going to hear this?
2: Yes. Um, And it's not even at the point where it's, like, the world's never going to hear this, but there's times where I'm, like, I'm not ready for anybody to hear this, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, this is something where, like, I need to get these emotions out here, but I'm not ready for, like... It's even, like... um, it's I I think about sometimes like random like that one girl I met in middle school like listening to that song and that personal experience that like a lot of times it's like a sadness you know and then it's like okay yep I'm not ready for like that specific person to have the ability to hear those feelings coming from me nope you know but at, at, at some point I'm like okay this this is it means enough to me where it needs to be I need to have like the strength to be able to put it down eventually, but there's definitely times where I'm like, Mm-mm, not yet. Mm. Nope.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah. I, I totally get that. It's so funny. Cause I, when I was growing up, I would write songs and it's like, I look back on them and I'm like, Holy shit. How was I feeling these things when I was in seventh grade? Like when <laughs> I was in ninth grade. And I mean, I'm glad that I know that they never went anywhere. They were actually surprisingly pretty good. I will say. Oh. Um, but it, it i mean it takes a lot of strength to really like share your emotions and and everything that's inside of you like with people and so i mean i really respect that you do that and anyone else who's a songwriter does that um in terms of like songwriting and collaborating with other people is it ever like what's it like kind of turning someone else's emotions into lyrics or like when you're sitting in in that room working on a song and it's it's not your song, but it's someone else. And like how does that work?
2: You know, a lot of it is like when you're a writer, when you're the writer in the room, the artist has like a story to tell. They have an emotion or something specific that they want to get across. And it kind of depends on the artist. Like there's times where they walk in and they're like, this is a general vibe that I want, Mm -hmm. or they have this concept and like the biggest thing as a writer is helping an artist get their story across and say the things that they want to say um and so it is a really like it's a good feeling when you're able to help somebody say the things that they want to say and like tell their story but you have to get vulnerable like that's the hardest thing about in sessions like you're like with complete strangers I mean eventually you kind of find the people you like and work with them consistently but even still like when you're like going to LA or you're like traveling to different places and meeting artists and writers like you have to like be like okay so here's this thing that happened to me that I want to be able to write about and they have to like tell their story and then you kind of have to like take the pieces and like turn it into something but also like you have to give the artists the, uh, the room to lead the direction to, you know, you can't, especially if you're like, I naturally at times lean towards an artist as a writer, you know, cause mm-hmm. I write a lot for my artist project, but I also write for other writers. And so I have to purposely like, take a step back, give them the room, give them the time to like make their decisions and say the things that they want to say and then find my place in the supporting role of the writer.
1: Yeah, that's got to be tough. I know. So I used to manage a band, and everyone who who listens to the podcast knows that I I ended up dating one of the people in the band, and he ruined my life. Um, well, as well, they do, they but, do boys do. Yep, yep. Um, and it it was always really really fascinating to to like know like what sessions they were going into, whether they were doing it for their own artist project, or if they were doing it as songwriters and producers with Mm -hmm. other people. And it was always so interesting to see what came out of it. And there were some situations where it's like, they would write a song with with like another artist or for another artist specifically. And I'd be like, no, but like, you guys need that song. Like, that's your story or like, oh, that's their story. But like, it sounds good for you. Like it, it's so interesting, the whole, the whole world of, of songwriting and, and producing and everything that goes on behind the scenes that most people don't know about because mm-hmm. there are so many different layers to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot and it's hard to like make your place into a room because there's a fine line of like, you need to have your own spin as a writer. Mm. You know, there's a lot of writers like Julie Michaels is a great example. Like a lot of times you can tell when julie michaels was like a writer on a song you know mm-hmm. but still is able to give like an artist the space for them to put their own artistry to it but she still has her own signature style as a songwriter and so it's like trying to find that in between of like not not putting yourself into a song as a writer but then also like letting an artist put their own spin on it
1: yeah for sure so one one question I had about there's a specific line I know kind of a little more now after hearing the actual story Mm -hmm. but um when you say like I was into you but I'm over it now is that something you would ever say if like that wasn't yet true like let's say you were trying to get over someone is that something you would say or like can you really only can you only write things that are like true to you
2: um I think sometimes it's like a 50 50 it kind of depends and I think also through the years, like when I become, like every year I become a better songwriter. It's just because, mm-hmm. especially once I'm like writing songs, I roughly try and write like at least a hundred songs a year. Like that's kind of like a minimum for me, Um mm-hmm. just because I'm neurotic and I'm like, I need songs. Like for some reason I have like this idea in my head, like I have to get it out. And so there's times where, I like something happened to me when I was like 14 but now I'm 17 and I'm able to I think I'm a better writer and so I want to try and take that situation that happened to me and try and like put it into better words now you know Mm and so there's definitely times where I haven't this specific thing hasn't happened to me in this moment but it's happened before and I'm trying to like take those feelings and rewrite them again um there are definitely times where like I think I'm over somebody and then I see them in person and I'm like, Oh no, nope. Nope. Mm. like it's yeah. so easy when you're like over a phone screen and you're not looking at their Instagram and you're not talking to them on Snapchat and you're not texting them or calling them. And you're like, I'm great. Yes, yeah. I'm over it. And then you see them in person and you're like, no, I'm, nope. not. no yeah. I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, Even in that instance, I think I was like, I was definitely over the relationship. I think the friendship I was still a bit attached to, and I was kind of sad to lose that. But at that point, he, was, he wasn't he was really my friend if he was talking shit about me, you know?
1: Yeah, I totally get that. So a question for you about living in Nashville. Mm-hmm. When you, as as a, a singer, songwriter, artist in, in Nashville, do you find that, like, are are you kind of dating within the same pool of people? It's like, it's people who are also pursuing the same thing, or that when somebody like when you meet somebody, it's like they want to be dating somebody in that world. Cause I feel like, I mean, it's a whole world out there. So I feel like there's a lot of feelings. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of emotions going on among that Mm -hmm. network. So like, what, what has that been like for you?
2: (laughs) You know, I used to say, I, so I started coming back. I'm originally from Texas, but I started going back and forth when I was 10. So I've been here for like seven years. Mm-hmm. And I used to say like, no musicians. Like that was my number one rule with myself. As I was like growing up in Nashville, I was like, no musicians. That mm-hmm. did not. Nope. Particularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, things, yeah, things happen, you know, um, you tried. I tried. I really, really tried. But then, it's interesting because for the longest time, I was very avoiding musicians, avoiding trying, especially because I was younger. A lot of the times I was like a 16-year-old around a bunch of like 20-somethings that mm-hmm. weren't going to touch me with like a 10-foot pole, which is totally fine and understandable. Like, I get it. You know it's what? Good like, for them. Good for them. I get We're, it. Like,
1: we'll, that, I, I'm shocked to hear that, to be honest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I, re- I respect it. I wasn't trying to be like, hey, at like yeah. 16, you know? Um But now that I'm closer to eighteen, sometimes I'm like, yeah, (laughs) almost there, getting there. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. But um, but like I would, I honestly I went for the musicians' brothers. That was the one thing that I did once was I went. I was, (laughs) I had a music friend who's around my age, and I went for the older brother because I thought that would like. Maybe, like, it's not that they did music, but they were around it all the time. So they would kind of, like... Understand, understand, get it. That was, like, one thing I tried. And, like, honestly, it was really interesting because this person had no respect for what I was doing. Like, music-wise, that they genuinely, like, had no respect or understanding of, like, the work that I was putting into it. Um And even that I was trying to, like... I always... Almost went for these like normal high school boys to get a sense of normalcy. I was homeschooled. And so, like, I wanted this like super like down the middle, like, super like southern gentleman, basic type of boy who like wants to work a desk job for the rest of their life and like go super like normal path in life and like just mm-hmm. to give me a sense of like normalcy and stability. But then, like, with that there was a lack of respect for like my life and my choices um mm-hmm. and honestly even with like what i've seen with musicians it's like when you're writing songs with people you're giving you're literally like giving your soul like you're bearing mm-hmm. your soul to people and so it's like if you're like this like attractive 20 year old girl and there's like this attractive like 22 year old producer it's a guy and like this girl's like burying my I'm basically burying my soul and then they write the song then they're gonna work on the production and then they like work on it for like three or four hours and they already had like a four-hour write, so there's already spent eight hours together and like you know what I'm hungry we're gonna get dinner and then all of a sudden you're at dinner together and then you're telling Mm -hmm. your stories and it's like it's such a personable thing it's really it's sometimes like an accident where you're like I have spent like 10 hours with this person and they just bought me dinner like you know. and a lot of the times with me it's always been professional but i can definitely see and i've seen it happen with people when they're like that was an accident but mm. it happened you yeah. know
1: i so. i i weirdly relate <laughs> because yeah, I mean, a I had a I had a really bad history of only going for guys who either worked in music or were musicians or were like managers. They get and,
2: you. I don't know yeah. how, but they get you.
1: It, they really do. And and for me, especially like because I was in that world, it it worked for them. Where like you said, like the older brother didn't really understand or like respect what you were doing. It's like mm-hmm. it worked for them because I did. I knew exactly what they were doing. I knew exactly why they were doing it, and the work that had to go into it. And like, I was so supportive of it. And I think that's why it worked for them. And for me, it was like, I couldn't be an artist. So, because I'm like, I'm literally tone deaf. So I wanted to like be around the music world in the way that I could, which was using like my create, creativity and and like design skills and all whatever, everything I do. And yeah, I mean, I literally like, the first time I was in a stu- the studio with this guy that one of the guys I was managing, I literally texted my friend being like, I'm screwed. Like I'm I'm done. This is, yeah. this is not, th- this is yeah. going to happen. Like, I, I don't yeah. know what to do at this point yeah. because like, he, yeah, he just bared his soul to me. <laughs> and, and that's something that in, in terms of dating, it's like when somebody opens up to you like that, of course you're going to like, start to get feelings of course you're going to be like wait what's happening here even if it is in a professional setting it's almost just like it. it's something's there and then like like you said you go to dinner like you end up grabbing a drink or not like and
2: you get yeah. caught and then it's just like oh yep no, you know yep. yeah or even like because of that I have some of the closest friends that I will ever have because I've made yeah. music with them and like and one thing that I also think is A great thing about music and even just being in a music city is like there's people I wouldn't even normally be friends with, but because we already had something in common, that was like a starting place for a friendship.
1: You know? That that's what I say about all the people who I like do end up recording with like Mm -hmm. other people who have podcasts, like I go on theirs, they come on mine. And it's like we have this mutual like passion for this thing that we do. So we like get it. Yeah. Um okay, so one thing I was gonna go with there. Have you ever, okay, A, have you ever had a song written about you to your knowledge is my first question. Go. (laughs) Yeah. And how was that experience?
2: (laughs) Basically, I, (laughs) it actually wasn't like a dating thing. It was, I was um, really good friends with somebody. I'm not going to be too specific. And they wrote a song basically being like it was like I don't know why I put tears in your eyes or something wow. and I heard it once and then I wrote a song back cause you know the drama and I, I said <laughs> the next song my song was cause okay the song in retaliation was big girls don't cry over little boys um, shut up I, okay
1: now my chills just intensified so much like I gotta rush through my body <laughs>
2: I was, I was like 15 and like this person was pretty on the younger side too. Um and it just pissed me off that they thought they made me cry, you know? And yeah. so then I was like big girls don't cry over little boys. And I think the song was like I, at one point I remember I was like heaven knows why I put tears in your eyes and the bridge for my song was hell no. <laughs> hell knows why hell knows why you think you put tears in my eyes. Wow. Right? Oh my Something god. Like
1: it's like this literally reminds me of so like t- tear drops on my guitar and Taylor mm-hmm. made a pass at Joe Jonas. And then in a song that he did, it's like he, it was um the song called Much Better. It's like now I'm done with superstars and all the tear drops on her guitar. And there was something that had just happened and like between them and in concert he goes now I'm done with country stars like literally like called her out as if teardrops on her guitar wasn't enough like yeah. straight up called her out And it's just so crazy and I mean it's the same shit with like the whole Olivia Rodrigo Joshua Bassett Serena Carpenter mm-hmm. thing it's so wild how that happens
2: yeah it's it's crazy and like I I now try hard to not get a song written about me <laughs> you know I'm trying I'm trying my best to make yeah. sure it doesn't happen but um There's also some songs that, like, may have been, may or may not have been written about me, but I wrote a song back to them
0: because,
2: like, it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I've I've only gotten, like, one written about me that I, like, know. No, for sure.
1: Okay. I want to hear it. Um, (laughs) Okay. My next question is the flip side of that. Do you think, like, anyone who uh, approaches the idea of, like, dating you, is this something that they might be fearing like okay if it doesn't go well or if it does go well or whatever happens like this is this is going to be what she writes about like this is going to turn into her work like and has anyone ever do you, like brought that up to you as a concern
2: many times <laughs> like i so there's one boy that um we've we've broken up multiple times but like the first time he was basically like you can write a song about me as long as it's not bashing me and then i was like <laughs> Did you just tell me what to do? <laughs> not gonna work out. Like, and this was like after us bringing up, he's like, You don't know write a song about me as long as it's not bashing me. And I was like, Well, uh, didn't work out. And there's there's definitely been boys who um just people in general where they're kind of scared, especially because I I really started getting bitchy in my songs like a year, year and a half ago, like going hard. Like mm-hmm. ABC is a good example. I have another song called Like Your Mom. And like the hook of it is like, I feel <laughs> I kind of feel sorry for your mom knowing that half of you's your fault. Like Wow. Like getting like mean. And and so there's definitely a couple, couple boys who are like, please don't do that. Please don't write a song about me. And I just say, don't piss me off. And you'll be fine. That's so funny.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't want to date you. I'd be afraid.
2: (laughs) Just don't do anything inspiring in any way. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be fine. That is so
1: funny. Yeah. I mean, I know I've had that happen. And uh, like just with me talking about dating Mm -hmm. as my job. And I know like that's been something that people have brought up, like on the first date is like, are you going to talk about me on the podcast? And I'm like, it depends. Like, are you going to give me something like worth talking about? And the the craziest thing was I went on this one date with this guy and it was pretty terrible. And then at the end he was like, so like, am I going to be listening to like a recap of our date on the podcast? I'm like, and, and here's the, the thing is 20 minutes before we were like talking about stuff and he asked if I was in therapy. And I told him, I was like, Like we were talking about like therapy and he's like, yeah, like you should definitely stay in therapy. You have a lot to work through. And so he goes like, are you going to talk about me on the podcast? I go, yeah, I'm probably going to say that I went on a date with the guy who told me I needed to be in therapy.
2: Yeah. The fuck? Like what?
1: (laughs) Which is crazy. And then he, and then, and then he followed up a few weeks later asking why I, he was like shocked that I didn't ask him on another date. I'm like, Mm, check yourself.
2: but (laughs) It's because they just told you not to.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's such a fine line to walk. But, um, I mean, I, I think everything that you've like been able to turn it into is awesome. And I wish (laughs) I could do all that. Um, and again, this is a friendly reminder that this is September and this is our calm month and the best way to be calm Mindset Wellness CBD's Calm Gummies. Also, they're Calm CBD Drops if you don't like the gummies, but you should because they taste amazing and they're gluten-free and they're vegan and non-GMO and organic. And again, they taste amazing. So I hope you guys are finding ways to stay calm. And you know what? If listening to this podcast is one of those ways that you do it, I love that for you. And I love that for me. And I love that for Mindset Wellness CBD. And I love that for Gail, our guest. And if you haven't done that yet and you want to, try the calm gummies, the calm drops, anything to help you stay calm this month, head to mindsetwellnesscbd.com. Nope, just kidding. It's mindsetwellness.com. Of course, use code seeing other people at checkout. that will get you 10% off and free shipping, which again, stay calm, helps you. Let's go. Back to the episode. One question that I have, knowing that you're 17 and knowing like where where you've been and like what you've gone through and stuff and how mature you seem, like is it, I know you said, like, you tend to go for, like, people's, like, older brothers maybe, but, like, is it tough to date people your own age? And I know the thing with, like, big girls don't cry over little boys. I can imagine that – I mean, I remember being 17 and, like, boys are not mature. Boys are hardly mature in their mid-20s. So what (laughs) – your face says everything right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's tough out there. Honestly, I'm just holding out till I turn 18, in September, um, actually, it is September. It is got September. September sixth, I'll be single for one year, and we're gonna make it two because I'm just waiting till I'm eighteen. I'm biding my time because I've tried so hard to like do the like my age thing, and it just really. It also like I graduated high school last year, and so like any boy that's really my age, they're either about to go to college, which already puts a time limit there which i don't particularly mind like i'm not trying to find like the love of my life that i'm trying to marry right now but um that already puts kind of like we're probably gonna have to break up for college and then if i go anybody younger like they're still in high school and there's just a bit of like a life difference Mm -hmm. um and even like with somebody who's like doing music that's my age that can also be kind of like a harder thing especially kind of depends like how seriously they're taking it like i was homeschool doing music and there's a difference when you're like in school doing music and like you just focus on it less and so there can be different types of like how serious it is um and so yeah especially like maturity i think girls just mature faster than boys mm-hmm. and also i am in like tennessee that can be a little little tough sometimes but mm-hmm. um, You know, I, I just, I, I, I deal with what, what's around and, but I, I really haven't found anybody that's like, that's my age that I'm like, yes, I'm going to commit to this, you know? Yeah. You
1: have time, you have time, but I, I definitely feel for you on that. Um, okay. One thing I I was listening to your song dumbass, which is great. Everybody go pause this episode right now, head over to Spotify, Apple, whatever you listen to, listen to dumbass and then come back. Um, <laughs> but there was one line that really stuck with me and it was, you were talking about like the fear of never being good enough, holding you back. Mm. And I think that's something that all of us have felt at one point or another in our lives. And I think it's, it's something that's really difficult to get through because when you feel like you're not ever going to be good enough. It's like, how do you, like you're already talking to yourself in a certain way. So how do you kind of say like, no, I am good enough. Like you can't just like flip a switch like that. So I'm wondering how, if if you've gotten past that or if that's something like you're still struggling with and, and kind of how you've been like dealing with that and maybe trying to like change the narrative to that, like you are good enough, you know, and not being held back by that.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of it for me is doing the things that i like like i i like my hair i like my nose piercing i like the way that i dress and i love my friends and my family and so i I, there's times where i'm like obviously like scared of like people not liking me and me not being good enough for the public eye or just in music in general but i know that all i can do is just give it my all like give it my best like Even with like ABC, like that was one of, that is like the best I could do in this moment of time. That is literally like the best song that I can possibly write. And if you don't like that, you just don't like me, which is okay. People are allowed to have that opinion, but I know that everything I do, I try my hardest at. And that is literally all I can do. You know, obviously I have my insecurities, but I can't let them control me trying my best because I don't want to look at something and be like, I could have done better. Like if people, like even with, if there's a song that I released that I didn't really love and somebody was like, I hate that. And if I agree with them, like they won, you know, like I I wasn't giving it my all and I was just letting myself like, okay, because it's scary if you like, Put yourself out there, like the best thing that you can possibly make and say, here, this is me. And if they don't like it, you don't like me, you know, and that's a scary thing. But all I can do is just give everything my all and do the things that I like and surround myself with people that I like and that I trust to tell me when I suck. And don't let my insecurities control my actions. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely a thing that I struggle with. I mean, I am a seventeen year old girl. I am insecure. You're supposed <laughs> you know? to. You're
1: supposed to be insecure. Like, yeah.
2: and that might not, like some of that never goes away. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. And like, I just I I just have to not let it affect every single thing that I do in my life. I can't let it control me. I have to allow myself. to Feel it and give myself space so it doesn't eat at me all the time. But Mm -hmm. I just can't let it like affect me like that.
1: Yeah, that's that's that was like so beautifully said and such good advice for anyone in in whatever they're trying to do with their lives and also in with dating because sometimes we're like, oh, I'm not going to be good enough for this person. Like Mm -hmm. for this guy I'm going on a date with, for this girl, for this person on the other side of the table. But it's like it's not about like not being good enough. It's about like yeah, maybe the date doesn't go well or maybe it goes well and then they tell you they're not interested. That doesn't mean you weren't good enough. That just means that you're not the right fit. Mm -hmm. And that is okay. That is normal. And there are going to be times where you're going to be on the opposite side of that, where you're going to go on a date with someone. They're perfectly fine. They're perfectly great. They're just not great for you. And Mm -hmm. again, that's also okay, but it's just tough because we never think about how that person's feeling. We always focus on when we're not, seemingly good enough rather than mm-hmm. like oh well like it happens like i go on dates with people that i don't like also it's like we always just put the pressure on ourselves where it's like well it didn't work out and that person didn't like you so nobody's ever going to like you and it's like no that's not true it's
2: not how it works it's not how it works but sometimes it feels like it you know yes
1: when you're in it of course it feels like it yeah
2: i feel like yeah. they don't think i'm perfect yeah <laughs> um okay so i want to
1: hear about some of your favorites when it comes to music. So what is, do you have a favorite love song overall?
2: Love song. Ooh, of just in general. Okay. In general. You know I'm pulling up the Spotify. Do it. I want, I want to make sure that I, I'm trying to think of love songs. That's a good one. I need to listen to more love songs. <laughs> you know what? Um. Oh God, I'm going to pronounce this horribly, but the Louvre, the, like the Louvre by Lord. the, it's mm. like L-O-U-V-R-E. Yeah. I don't think it's like. The, the Louvre. The lyrics. <laughs> like, that thing yeah. yeah, that song I love. That's an amazing song. The production on it, it's just like, yeah. um, all your exes because it's such a like aggressive love song. Like, because mm-hmm. it's like I love you so much. I want all of your exes to be dead. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. A, like, because it's such a like twisted perspective that I think is just so interesting. It's basically like. No, like, it's basically, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, the healthy perspective is, like, all of your exes led you to me, taught you all of the lessons, so you're the perfect man for me. And it's, like, no, fuck nope. that. You're already perfect. Yep. Screw them, you know? Um, Montana by Dea. Mm. I also really love that song just because um, it's really sweet. Like, I just want to wait. I want to, like, you know, there's times where it's, like, like, one thing I like about relationships or even when you're like with somebody even like on a date where you're like nobody else gets to have these memories you know like nobody else gets to see you in this moment this is just a memory that you and me get to have we get to be the ones who get to keep this feeling these memories and these conversations and the way you laugh and your inside jokes and I feel like Montana is just putting that like I want all of that with you just I want us by ourselves having those memories and making those things and it just feels like the production fits it beautifully um it's one song that i really love even pessimist by julie michael's like you made a pessimist turn into something else like mm-hmm. that one's a great one um let's see let's see let's see um yeah i feel like those those are like the main main ones but i'm trying to
1: yeah don't try too hard we got more yeah.
2: Yeah, those, okay. those what I like the bands. Yeah. Yeah.
1: My my next question is because I know this has been something like I mean, obviously music is something that helps us get through really hard times. And I know mm-hmm. for me, like I when I think about certain breakups, like when I hear a certain song, it can literally take me back to like a train ride where I was just like playing it on repeat, like crying over a boy. And I think there are like certain songs, it's almost like you, you go through the stages of grief. I know for me, like mm-hmm. when I'm going through a breakup, I go through the stages of grief within songs, where yep. like, when I'm like, sad. I'll listen to this one song on repeat. Then I'll get to like anger. Then I'll get to like acceptance and all that. Um, What do you have any songs that have helped you through breakups or that you've turned to in those times?
2: Um, let me think there's truth hurts that also boys ain't shit that and like that last summer I played that song so much, especially because my best friend went on Tinder and like that was a whole clusterfuck and so like, as, as it always is as it always is as the whole like snap like moving to snapchat snapping each mm-hmm. other back like that whole and um and so we would always just end up playing like boys age shit That's um so e- and then i'm trying to think there's there's like another one that was like super super screamy um that i loved um Oh, what was it? What was it? I'm trying to find it um, Even now, like, I even like um, Good for You, but I love you Like, that one's pretty, like You know, yeah. like, screamy, like, you piss me off um, I,
1: I think the first time I heard that I was like, damn, I wish I was going through a breakup right now
2: Yeah <laughs> I like, okay, wait I literally made a playlist that was like When, insert, person's name Is pissing me off Oh my like, god,
1: that's amazing
2: I would play it there's some, like, songs that even just, like, hype me up to make me feel like... Oh, yeah. You know? Even, like, um freaking, like, so, a couple, like, Cardi B songs. I don't particularly remember which ones. But, like, even, like, Body by Megan Thee Stallion. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it helps me feel like, okay, I can do this. I can conquer anything, you know? Oh, not yeah. even, like, you're not asshole. Let me get over this. But, um... Yeah. And then like even up by Cardi B, like that song gets me like, gets you going.
1: going I love that.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, next one is, is there a song that you wish you wrote?
2: There's so many. There's so many. <laughs> um, honestly, all your exes is one I wish I wrote. Deja vu by Olivia Rodrigo. I fucking wish I wrote that song. So <laughs> even hard.
1: even when you said when the guy dated the girl after you, like he was doing, he was acting the same and and all of the same things. I was like, ah, it's deja vu. Deja vu. <laughs> yep.
2: um, Drugs by Upsall. I wish I wrote that song. Um, issues by Julie Michaels. Oh my so god. Yeah. I wrote that song. Um, Uh there's Crash My Car by Coin. I wish I wrote that song. That one. Bad Liar, I also by Selena Gomez. I wish I wrote that song. Um On and Off Again by Maggie Rogers. Mm. On and off. Oh my god, Maggie. I wish I wrote that song. That's um
1: And I'm sure that's about the person where you kept like breaking up getting back together, breaking up, getting back together. Yep.
2: And then there's this girl named Variety Variety. Mm. Um she's a song called Think With Me. I cannot describe how pissed I was that I did not come up with that when I listened to that song. Cause like the hook is like, I like, it's basically about this guy who's cheating on his girlfriend and the girlfriend's talking about it. And it's like, I hope you fuck her with your eyes closed and think of me.
1: Damn. Yep. Isn't it crazy when you hear these things, it's like, wait a second. Like I've thought these things, but like, why couldn't I articulate them in words?
2: Well, I couldn't like have, even, Why couldn't I? Even like, does she get deja vu when she's with yep. you? Yep. Like, duh, duh. Like, you take a universal experience that happens to literally everybody. It's me you know? yep. It's fine. It's fine. Yep. My feelings are hurt, but it's
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I fully, fully get that. Oh my God. And any single time I hear a song like that, it's just like, wait a second. Like, no, I've literally thought this. I, I've said mm-hmm. this. But like, now it's this incredible thing that, like, Everyone in the world gets to hear and be like, "Oh my god, this person was in my brain." Yeah, yep. yeah, it's crazy. Um, if you could collab with any artist or songwriter, who would it be?
2: Oh gosh, there's so many. I feel like Julie Michaels is mm-hmm. like obvious. There's this um, artist writer named DeLacy. She's absolutely incredible. It'd be dream to collaborate with her. Um, Sasha Alex Sloan would be one that I would love to work with um Chloe Lilac um even Dan Nigro who's a producer Mm -hmm. he's great um Conan Gray um there's this artist named Chloe Lilac Maggie Rogers um Claro that would be one that would like blow my mind um Joji is a great one um Tristan who's an amazing artist um Tove Strike is also another one. Um, Upsolve, man, I would fucking love to work with her. Um, Carly Hansen, um, Olivia Rodrigo, obviously, and also Olivia O'Brien. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I would say that those are like the mains. Also, Alexander 23. Andrew. so So, wait
1: so funny alexander 23 so he when he first dropped out of school he was in a band called the heydays and i worked with them that was like i was like oh like i have mutual friends like i want to kind of break into the music world like maybe i can reach out and i literally facebook messaged them and then ended up like working with them for like a year or so and it's so like it's been insane to see like that was what like probably like eight years ago and now he's killing it and it's amazing
2: Speaking of songs I wish I wrote, the Miss Someone You've Never Met. Oh, my God. Yeah. Song never Like yep. that song is ridiculous. Can you, yeah. How can you miss someone you've never met? It's I don't know involved. you yet. That's what it's called because I need you now, but I don't know IDK you, you yet. yet.
1: Yeah. Yep. Amazing.
2: So much frustration.
1: Yep. Oh, my God. I feel that. Okay. Before I let you go, what is next for you? What do you want the Seeing Other People family to check out, to know, to be on the lookout for.
2: Um, Yeah. Yeah. All right. So first thing, check out ABC's DEFU. Came out August 13th. And ABC is going to be seen in a different light. There's, you know, there's going to be an acoustic. And then there's going to be a few other little surprises in amazing uh, well I, I will
1: first of all I'll be linking that in the show notes definitely check it out and then everywhere on Instagram I'll be doing swipe ups and all that and when these surprises come out I'll be posting them
2: perfect thank you That'd be very much appreciated
1: obviously uh, that's so exciting where can everyone find you
2: um you can find me on instagram gail just g-a-y-l-e you can find me on tiktok gail can't spell um you can find me on twitter who is gail and i think facebook is gail official so just g-a-y-l-e that's me
1: that's you thank you so much for being here any last words of wisdom
2: um you do you you do you (laughs) i love
1: it All right. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you again. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating. Lovely review. Follow Gail everywhere. Listen to her music and tune in next time. I'll talk to you guys soon.